find that it helps to record your recordings. It does help to record recordings. So let's try that again. I think we should leave this part in, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about phone calls. Awkward pause while we wait yep. for the intro music. We'll okay. never figure this out. Yeah, I know. It's always, always going to be this awkward moment, but that's okay. I mean, it's yeah. only awkward for us. Everyone else just gets to listen to music. Yeah, that's true. Um, except mm. when we decide to just leave it in and get really mad. <laughs> but anyway. it's true, which we do like kind of every episode now. But you yeah, know, it, depends. it depends. It depends. <laughs> anyway, oh Chris, I've known. <laughs> For a long time that we had to do an episode on phone calls because it's one of my least favorite things and biggest anxiety triggers in the world. And today's the day. We're here. Yep. We are not on a phone call, but a podcast is a little bit like a phone call. It's phone know. call ask. Yeah, yeah, it's phone call adjacent. Like we don't do video while we uh, record just to no, keep you know, horrifying. Yeah, but also just to keep the bandwidth low to make sure the audio sounds smoother. We're professional like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but that's the reason. That's the reason for sure. Yeah, not <laughs> the fact that it would prompt us to like shower and take care of ourselves in a more Yeah, I was going to say not reasonable. the fact that I'm I'm definitely not wearing a sleeveless shirt right now. Um, <laughs> for sure. I am wearing clothes that I could almost get away with wearing outside. Like it's it's almost like acceptable for outdoor use so that's pretty special i i could wear this if i was um if it appeared that i was in some sort of like if i was exercising if i was okay. actively exercising mm -hmm. like if i went outside and walked briskly i think people would just assume i was out for a power walk yeah yeah well that's nice i feel mm -hmm. like the like Power walking clothes and like 2 a.m. stoned grocery store run clothes are like one and the same. Like they, they're pretty, they're pretty much pretty the much, same deal. Pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so before we get to into our phone call discussion, why don't we just step back and check in with one another, preferably not via a phone call? Um, because I always think of check in phone calls. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if yeah, that transition that. works. <laughs> anyway, um, so Chris, on a scale of one to an acquaintance having the gall to call you, how are you feeling today? <laughs> well, firstly, I love the scale you came up with. So It's so pretty feeling... great. There's no I'm... more sinking feeling than seeing someone's name who you don't want to talk to and who you don't know well enough for them to justify calling you popping up on your phone like come right. on yeah yeah that's and we're going to talk a little bit later yeah. about the the why not text mentality um but yeah no I, I i like i like the scale because sometimes our scales are just like kind of pseudo ridiculous but i think this scale more than others gets to the heart of the the matter of what we're going to be getting at or some of what we're going to be talking about so i appreciate that um i i guess to to address the scale um, today, I'm doing fine. I'm doing pretty well. Um, the one thing is that uh, I kind of had one of the realizations today 
where I realized I haven't taken a break in a long time and haven't taken a proper weekend in a long time. So I'm just kind of, uh, you know, when you're like tired enough that like caffeine's not going to do it, you know what I mean? Literally all the time. Yeah. Okay, cool. So like this, like I've been like cranking tea all morning. And then now I've sort of come to that place of acceptance where I'm like, Oh, I see like, I'm that level of like, I'm not actually tired. I'm like burnt out. So but also um, tea is not an acceptable, acceptable vehicle for caffeine. Like it's delicious, but it's, it's not what you drink to get caffeinated. Like you need coffee to fuck you up. It, it, yeah, well, it does fuck me. That's why I don't drink coffee. But it's uh, I'm back on like, the coffee in case you can't tell from like how much more chipper I am today. So excuse all the interruptions. Because, <laughs> I can tell because of like even when, in, when we were introing this podcast, your voices, you were like, oh, snap, like, like really going like getting really high and low. And I like it. I'm always going to be even keeled tea, Chris, uh, because I just can't drink coffee anymore. But um all that to say, I think I'm like probably like a four or so. And it's not because I'm ridiculously anxious. It's just because I know myself well enough now to know that I'm I'm like tired enough that if I, I'm on the precipice, like if I didn't yeah. actively take a break today and tomorrow, which I'm absolutely going to do, um, then, then I would be in a little bit of hot water. Um, that's not really a tea pun, but I guess it worked. <laughs> it was uh, a tea pun. You just didn't know it. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So there's my tea pun. Uh, I think, um, yeah, probably I'd say probably four or so um, just because I'm like, I'm going to record this podcast and then I have some other like must do's before the, the weekend starts. And then I'm going to make sure I take that break. But I, I will just uh, respect the fact that I feel, you, you know, when you like, you know, that if you don't uh, actively take a change in your like schedule. Like I've worked kind of like probably realistically 13, 14 days straight. And uh, that realization kind of hit me yesterday, but I couldn't really do anything about it until this afternoon. So, so that's where I stand. Uh, but it's not really in like a worrisome place because, you know, in, I think probably in the past I would just um, continue onwards um, and just sort of be ignorant of the fact that I was about to burn out but I'm a little better nowadays at, at actually understanding what I need and what's going on. So, so that's where I'm at. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Are you ready to uh, tee me up? I mean, that's kind of a tea pun, nice. but not really. It's like, it's like a homophonic uh, yeah. tea pun going from yeah. a cup of tea to a golf tea, but you know. Right. And when I looked at today's episodes on I'm anxious about phone calls, I was like, this is going to be ripe for homophonic tea puns. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to say homophonic without uh, like saying homophobic it's like one of those words like when you say like organism and biology and you're like don't say mm-hmm. orgasm don't say orgasm yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true that is, that, that is very true um well i like where we've gone with this so far but i will i will uh tee you up as as you have so requested and just ask on a scale of one to an acquaintance having the gall to call you i think that's what the scale was yes. if not it's close um how are we feeling i'm doing great actually um i think i'd put myself at a two which is definitely Ooh. my best recording and the two was only like a slight bit of like excited nervous energy um 
it's yeah. coffee it's a coffee too it is a coffee too yeah it is it's like realistically <laughs> i'm actually probably like fine a one but i've got those like you know iced coffee jitters so like i'm leaning into them though i think i i like myself jittery i think it's a, a good a good enhancement of my natural state um i actually, <laughs> actually missed it's like i miss the jitters actually like it's I not i love i love that moment where you're like you like you almost want to open up a window and yell like I'm gonna take over the world. You know, I'm like, literally, <laughs> I'm literally wiggling as we record. Like I'm not fidgeting. I'm actually like wiggling, and there's a very important difference. <laughs> um, but I'm just kind of like going like almost like a little like back and forth, like side to side, like I'm on a boat. Um, I'm not like at that level of caffeination. Um, so it's great. Um, <laughs> I'm very jealous. Yes, it's delightful. Um, I actually am drinking a cup of tea right now, but like, you know, the, the high that I'm writing is from my morning iced coffee. But anyway, see, see for me, like the, I love the wiggling, the caffeinated wiggling that you get from a cup of coffee. But the problem is that, that, that automatically means that the next day I'm going to have the like post caffeinated writhing where I'm like, Oh, like my, I, I don't know what it is about, about coffee. It just doesn't. Um, I know what it is that you didn't have a cup of coffee the next day. Like you can't just have so one on one off going. coffee. Yeah, you just got to keep riding the the coffee train. No, it just does. It <laughs> does. I, tr trust me, I used to be like a like. Trust me, as a former teacher, I was a like a. Oh yeah, veins drinking, of coffee. Yeah, I may like I may as well have been walking around with an IV drip of coffee. <laughs> yes. Like that's how I, into it I was, and and it's now statistically I've, proven to help you not murder children. That's true. I have heard that. That's and I you know, I recently saw I I had listened to an ad on a podcast and it was talking about this new um this clean coffee company and it was like you you definitely won't murder children and it's a really Is that very sigmatic that mushroom coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? On all those like entrepreneurial podcasts. Every single um, one. Yeah, exactly. So, well that's good. I'm happy to hear you're doing well. I feel like I'm getting a little bit of like a touch of the wiggles from you like a I'm just getting, I'm like, yeah exactly like, i feel <laughs> like probably i'd be curious if our uh if our listeners are like also like starting to like get the wiggles a little bit just because they can sense the like the potent excitement in your yes. voice <laughs> yeah and another reason i'm just like i'm kind of on an upswing is um i've talked a lot about my issues with like fatigue brain fog pain etc all the fun stuff that accompanies being <laughs> a depressed person slash a woman where science is just like, I diagnose you with womanhood. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> We've got to commit her. She's just, she's just out of hand. She's like, hysterically female. She's just a woman and I just have no, I can't, I can't. I just, I haven't studied this, but yeah. Hysterics were a legit condition back in the day. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, basically well like i saw a meme that was like um we don't know what to do with you with women like in the past it was witchcraft and then it was hysteria and now it's like you know just like chronic fatigue or like you know some sort of like chronic pain and they're just like uh we don't know what to do you know i i don't <laughs> know if I, I i'm really bad at summarizing that meme but it spoke to me at the time and did not translate well over podcast <laughs> i'll try to find it and put it in the we're anxious about facebook group because i like we a should lot. do some we'll have to do video and just hold up memes to the camera yeah oh, that, that'd be lovely 
Um, but yeah, I finally kind of emerged from the fog of shittiness um, yesterday and had uh, two really productive days back to back where I just feel like in my element. And I know I just kind of have to ride the waves when they come and then the ocean will be calm and I will be so lazy and can only like lie down and relax and do the bare minimum for a couple days. I just kind of go through these like ebbs and flows. So like my body won't even let me burn out. <laughs> it's not even <laughs> it's not even an option. It's just like, um, okay, we're just gonna need to rest for approximately nine days and then you get like four <laughs> good days. So you better fucking make good on them. <laughs> so I'm kind of like riding that wave. Um so yeah, that's where I'm at. Out of two, out of two with a big case of the wiggles. Nice. I like that. Well, two of the case of the wiggles sounds great. <laughs> I'm I'm very happy to hear that the sun has come to come come alive and burned away your fog of shittiness. That is uh fog great of to hear. shittiness. Yeah, and so I liked what you said at the beginning where you were talking about how this was an episode that you kind of had earmarked because when we were initially like we have a Google doc where we share ideas and so on and so forth. And I think there was a few that you were like, there's a few of episodes that we are going to need to do. And I think it was like bananas. Um, there was, you know, there was uh, airport and, and phone calls was like right after yeah. restaurants was up there, which we've done um, movies, that kind of stuff. So, so this is um this is one to circle, and and I think I'm gonna have a fair bit to add to this one. It's not gonna be like the banana episode where like I'm more or less just the conductor for your like bizarro symphony, but I, <laughs> but I am looking forward to getting to this one, and I know that you are like pretty locked and loaded for this episode. Is yes. that fair to say? Oh yeah, I am guns blazing, ready to go. Plus yeah. the wiggles. Plus the wiggles, yes. So let me tell you what does not give me a case of the wiggles is having to call <laughs> to make a appointment over the phone. That is the worst. Absolute worst. That's the best transition. That's the best transition in uh, IAA history. So that's good. I'm happy to got that When you say our one. initials, it sounds like you're just like, I don't know, having a, a stroke or something. IAA. <laughs> <laughs> You have to really like enunciate each letter. I-A-A. We did not so plan go- our title to be like abbreviated. No, that's verbally. true. Okay, like, well, I'll just, why don't, why don't I say it slowly and methodically? Like, okay. That's the best, that is the best transition. And I'm anxious about history. Was Perfect. that much better? Fair? Okay, great. <laughs> so with these, um, with these phone calls, these dreaded phone calls, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the the making or the receiving of the phone call? Making. Because that's okay. my big problem. Because okay, when, when people call me, I just ignore it mostly. And then there's no problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so what what so so what what about the talk about like a, the specific phone call that you're like Oh, no. Okay, so let's talk about the phone call that I've been putting off for two months now. And this <laughs> is the phone call to um, try to find a new gynecologist. And no, like, number one, just anything that has to do with like gynecologist is like, nope, I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to make any appointments for that. I just want to forget that this is a thing that I have to do. I don't want to do it. But then you're like, ah, shit, I actually need to do it. 
So I had a truly deeply traumatic gynecology appointment back in like, I don't know, let's see, uh, June. Um, that pretty much was just like, it was like a Kafka novel of a gynecology appointment. It was just like this Bulgarian woman who like insisted on only speaking Bulgarian with me, even though she speaks French, but was pretending that she didn't speak French or English, which like I call bullshit on because she actually said something to me in French, but that's beyond the point. It degraded to the point where she started drawing like picture diagrams of my cervix on a piece of paper to try to explain things to me in Bulgarian instead of getting a fucking translator while also throwing around words like problem and pre-cancer. So I'm like, oh my ah. gosh. <laughs> so yeah, so I need obviously to make a follow-up appointment for that. But the idea of like just wading through all of the, you know, trying to find a doctor who will, you know, speak English and not terrify me is <laughs> just kind of like oh I don't want to do that and I guess a lot of the time when when coming to like appointments a lot of the time the phone call kind of stands in for the thing that you're avoiding so it's like the first step mm-hmm. in something that you don't want to do anyway <laughs> you know what I mean like so it's sort yeah. of just that first hurdle And so it's like, oh, if I just like, and this goes back so well to um, last week's episode on procrastination, but it's just like, oh, if I just keep, you know, pushing the hurdle further down the track, I'll never have to run over it. Life hack. (laughs) Um, Right. Yeah. So um, I hate getting through, like, you know, finding the right number, like, which sometimes is just bizarrely difficult, especially if you're trying to call like an airline, it's almost like a scavenger hunt to find a like working contact number a, and then even if you can find the number, then it's like finding the right person navigating usually like an incredibly labyrinthine phone tree that involves like you having to speak in tongues to be able to speak to a human being. It is, it is it's i just wanted to hop in there because yes. that's my like that is my i like that's where the anxiety comes in for me is Same. like they've they've created this horrible web yes. of uh, that i'm like destined to get caught in and they, i know that they've made the options unnecessarily difficult and they always start it these are two things that bother me on a deep level and, and part of the reason that I try and avoid it and get some get some like I don't know if it's anxiety or frustration, but like it's a mixture of something like I, I anyways, it, it it leads to that procrastination that we talked about last week. But there's two things that start off every time. It's like, please listen again, as the options may have changed. And it's like, how often are you changing the damn options? Yeah. Like yeah. And it's like and it's like press one if you're looking to talk to Greg, who may or may not be on lunch. Press two. <laughs> If you like, if you're confused about whether you should be calling and want to walk away, press three, <laughs> and like the options just get more and more obscure. It's like press three if you're thirsty, and you're like, what? I don't understand. No, the worst then- is that they're always things that you could just fucking do online, and the reason why you're calling is because you have a problem that you can't solve online. So it's like press one to find out your bank balance. Like you fucking moron. That's the clearest thing on your screen. <laughs> Step two, if could- you want to check recent transactions. 
also can do that online you dumb fuck like step three like and it's just every single thing is something that you can do online it's like they made it like for like exclusively grandmothers who like can't really handle computers but then like they don't have anything that's like if you're having like a you know existential problem that you deeply need human assistance with press nine there's never that there's so you're just like well which of these categories like then suits me best and then eventually i just end up starting to press like a bunch of buttons panic panic yep. press zero you panic yeah. press zero oh, but then, uh, sometimes it restarts sometimes yeah. it restarts the list and you're like no it's like that's that is what i imagine purgatory is like yes. you press zero and it goes back to the start of the tree yes I, at some point in nearly every phone tree, get to the point where I literally start bellowing synonyms for person. So it's like agent, <laughs> customer service, representative, manager, human being. And I start just shouting human being human, at my phone. Yeah. And then the once you get past that, it, it's like you finally, let's say you press the number, you press five so you can talk to somebody. It's like press five for someone who may actually be able to help you. And you press five and you go on. And then there's this line, which is like, it's, again, I don't know if this is prototypical anxiety or just like hyper frustration, which leads, to, it plants the seeds for future anxiety. But it's always like um, call volume is higher than usual. You may expect a longer than usual wait time. Well, here's the thing. If that plays every single time, then your call volume's not higher than usual. It's just your call volume. Yeah. You're like, just too fucking cheap to pay enough people to handle your phone line. That's what it is. It's actually about expectations. They yeah. want you to feel like it could be longer than usual. Right. So you expect the worst. Yeah. So, but I, I find it deeply frustrating because I'm like, I'm like, I understand the, I understand the get the game that you're playing here. Like you're yeah. playing a a deep psychological game that it might work on others, but it's not going to work on me or it will work on me, but in a very negative way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I hate that. And usually I'm just like thinking of an aside, like the first time my husband saw me like bellowing at the phone and he was like, that, that wasn't a, a human being, was it? And I was like, no, 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 no. I was just in the robot stage. Don't worry. He's like, oh, thank God. Because I thought we were going to have to like break up if that was you speaking to a like a human being because I just become- Agent, human. <laughs> yeah, because I just become like irate. And I've said this many times that if there is ever like an AI robot uprising, it's probably be- probably going to be because of me verbally abusing the robots on the phone trees <laughs> they're gonna be like this psychotic bitch we can't we can't take this anymore we can't Enough. we can't stand for this we Alice we may Green not is have tormenting feel- us <laughs> we may not have feelings but god we have feelings come on <laughs> Yeah. it's like the premise of a new movie yeah just, i just picture like, like on a dark day allison made one phone call too many <laughs> can it be called phone tree rising <laughs> <laughs> yes it can be and it's just like and like the 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 poster is like a picture of like a phone tree seed growing like larger and larger like taking over yeah oh yeah i, I like that i like that a lot <laughs> Well, if historians are listening in the future to discover the downfall of the human race, I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. They really irritated me. Yeah, this is going to be in like a history class a thousand years from now. And they're going to be like, it all started with this podcast. 
she should have known she shouldn't be recording with the Wiggles. And then uh, <laughs> she admitted to what she'd been doing all along. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then great. it's like, and then the, the thing that's always like such a case of like emotional whiplash is when you go from bellowing at the robots to having to try to be polite to the actual human being who you finally like got in touch with. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh dear, I hope they didn't just hear me call that robot X, Y, and Z. <laughs> um, insert obscene like, phrase here. I'm like in, a little bit incapable of being like overtly rude. Like when, when if I'm like really frustrated and someone comes up and like, hello, Cindy here with whatever. I'm like, well, hi, how are you? Yeah. You know, like I have to, I have to start with the pleasantries. Yeah, um, same. Yeah. But I will I will escalate. I will escalate if necessary yeah. because unfortunately we we do live in a bit of a system where I, I think they're they're taught ultimately like if they don't feel like it's gonna escalate, they'll just kind of shut you down and you kinda yeah. have to make that statement where you're like, um, I'm gonna escalate this pretty aggressively. Um yeah. so maybe you should consult with the manager. Yeah, you um, need to be still, the squeaky wheel. When dealing still with no any cursing. sort of large corporation, yeah, yeah, I still don't want to apply the explicit tag to to the conversation. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't curse at them. No, but I would, I would get like as close to cursing as I could if things took a spiral. Cursing with the tone of your voice rather than the content. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. One thing that I hate while dealing with male customer service agents is that I tend to get like kind of emotional while I'm dealing with like a really frustrating situation. And it's often that I'll be like crying on the other end, but like, you know, crying because I'm upset, not like cr you can't cry at someone. It's not like an aggression <laughs> tactic. It's just like, I am a human being who is upset because this is a problem. And like, you would probably be upset if you were in this situation too. Maybe you wouldn't be crying, but you would be upset as well. So like, just let me fucking have this. There are so many male customer service agents who will berate me for crying. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, what the fuck? Like, you know, they'll be like, ma'am, you crying isn't helping the situation. And I'm like, no fucking shit. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop crying. Like, I'm sad. I'm upset. <laughs> crying is a normal reaction to those things. I find that really helps. Uh, that really helps when I say that to, to Brie if she's upset. I'm like, yeah. you don't need to cry. It's not helping. It's like, if <laughs> if you under if you consult the um, partner manual, yeah. that is the first rule. It's yeah. just like, Gas in time like of crisis and crying, turn to comfort, not conceit. You know, like it's like that's the that a lot of C's in that sentence, of course. Um, but I didn't write the manual, so <laughs> or like to turn to to comfort not like contempt or like judgment right like no one it, i think it's just a general rule and this is like calls whatever aside like when someone's really upset oftentimes they're not looking for a solution they're looking for like someone to be yeah. like hey you know just so you know i understand you're human and you're feeling pain like i, yeah. I when i was t teaching and i had a kid who was, who was really upset oftentimes that student like would be would be in a bit of a tailspin, right? And it's like, it's not like I'm going to come and solve that problem right away. But I would say something like, hey, if you need to go for a walk for a second and just go to the bathroom, like, that's totally fine. And like, mm -hmm. I'm here for you if you need me, you know? Yeah. And like, often, it wasn't 
they didn't want me to like take them aside in the classroom and draw attention to the situation and try and like you know rock them in my arms like a you know a newborn babe you know it was like it was really about giving them space to calm down and breathe and so i can understand if you're on if you're on the line with somebody and and they're like ma'am no tears necessary like that you would be like that would be the um, turbo boost to your spiral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the surefire way to get me crying and reporting you to your higher up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've had to deal with that like on a number of occasions and like all extremely reasonable things like my I got locked out of my like a uh, bank account in Guatemala. I like a uh, um. Well, there's some other ones. Yeah, just like lots of getting locked out of bank accounts, lots of plane ticket issues, like things that are Mm -hmm. literally just objectively stressful. And it's like there's a way that you can help someone without undermining the way that they feel. And just you don't. And I know like in corporate world, like they tell you not to apologize for anything, but you don't even have to apologize. You can just say, I understand I can, you know, I hear that you're upset, you know, just literally just acknowledging that there is an emotion on the other end and that it's okay for that emotion to be present is just like baseline what a person should be able to do. And and the rise of the the tactful apology, right? Where it's like you can apologize for, you can say something like, I'm sorry you feel that way. And not like, I'm sorry for what we did. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even, even, even that can help. Like if your policy for your company is like, never take the blame. Like, you know, you can at least say like, as a human being, I'm sorry you're upset. Yeah. So I feel like we need to seg- or go on a tangent a bit on to the fact that there is actually an apology act in Canada passed in 2009. Are you aware of this? I'm not aware of this, but my ears are definitely perked. Okay, so this is a thing, and we have an article that I just pulled up on Google right now from theloop.ca, but the headline is, Canadians love to say sorry so much, we had to make this law. (laughs) So clickbait, but basically... This means that like, sorry is not taken as an indication of guilt. It can just be like an expression of comfort. You know, it's not, it doesn't indicate guilt. So like, It's more of a consoling device. Exactly. So like if you hit someone with your car and then you get out and you go, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's not like they can use that against you then in the court to be like, well, you said sorry. So like, you know, you're thus guilty. You know what I mean? This is a real thing. This is a real thing. Um, it might not be in all provinces. I'm seeing no, it is in Ontario as well. Wow. Okay. So yeah. we'll 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 do uh we'll put that in the in the show notes just yeah. if anyone's curious. And, Apparently, uh, because I have a keyword research tool on my computer, two hundred and ten people a month are curious about Apology Act Canada. So it's wow. well known by at least right. two hundred and ten people a month. <laughs> Very cool. Well, that's interesting. I'm uh, I'm also happy you didn't tell me that when we were prepping, so that you could get the, capture that genuine surprise in my voice. I, I'm not sure if that was intentional or not, but uh, well played. Kind, no, I uh, I just loving that up now. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Sweet. Well, I like that. Do you want to um, transition into? I was going to say something specific, but I guess. Something else I could say. <laughs> Something um, non-specific. Um, 
yeah, yeah i mean i sure. guess i want to why don't we why don't we shift uh politely into the taking of phone calls a little bit Ooh. and and we can we can go back into the making but i think the yeah. taking is is a we should probably foray into that a little bit yeah and so i guess i'll, I'll just start by saying that for me it's hyper dependent on who it is so like uh we all know that like I don't know. I was born with this like soft, sentimental heart. And I've just like, when I see that, like my brother or my fam, like my mom or dad or family or a good friends calling, I'm like, I feel like it's like a Grinch situation where my heart grows a few <laughs> sizes and I get actually really excited to, to talk to them. And I find like with, especially with old friends and things like that, there's something special about the phone call and chatting with somebody on the phone and hearing their voice that I really appreciate. The other side of that coin, of course, for me is that, well, we're 17 episodes in now. So if anyone hasn't figured out that I'm obsessed with how I spend my time, um, they haven't been listening <laughs> at all. I get, I don't love the random phone call if I don't know who the person is because I, I'm scared about getting trapped on the phone with somebody. And then if the person isn't concise, then you can get like a 20, 25 minute unexpected phone call and and also uh, the other thing people will realize is like i'm hyper diligent about how i schedule my time so like while i was on the phone with somebody i would have a specific thing in my mind that i knew that i wasn't doing and was supposed to be doing that i would be actively grieving and lamenting for <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so like i could be alphabetizing my photo collection but then <laughs> exactly right then Jeff you're starting to get to know me you're starting to get to know me better because I do have a small obsession with like organizational tasks. So anyways, that's, I've taken my coin and shown you both sides and flipped it into the air and you can uh, choose to catch it or, or, uh, or just throw it on the ground and um, bury it. Um, yeah, I guess I'll I don't throw know. it on the ground and bury it. Um, that sounds more okay, fun. Okay, cool. I don't know what that looks like <laughs> in practical terms, but it seemed yeah. like those were two actions. Also, somebody messaged me while I was in the middle of that sentence, and I just sort of like kind of like did the thing where you're still talking, but you kind of are like blacking out and talking about something yeah. else. So, yeah, whether or not, that. so whether or not those things made sense, I don't know, but um, this is not a podcast which is focused on sense. Uh, we're Except focused if it's on the sense that you throw on the ground, but um, okay, nice. You take the take the cake on that one. <laughs> keep the coin. Keep 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 that's, the damn coin. Okay, that's um homophonic like joke number two. Sense sense. I think we're doing pretty well with yeah. this. Um, wow. that's our uh, thing now. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. I think like yeah. I'm kind of. I'm pretty thrilled about this. I mean, anything to do with small subplots around language that probably no one else appreciates. I mean, this is that this is this is the crux of the podcast. Yep, that's what life's all about. Just to get ourselves back on track. Uh, I don't get too many <laughs> unsolicited phone calls from people I know, but like um, generally it'll be unless it's like my mom or dad those are like the calls that I'll kind of get randomly and that's totally fine I mean like you brought me into this world you may call me um you are permitted to use my phone number when whichever way you please but when it comes to like friends generally my friends know better than to not randomly call me unless like it's 
truly just because they need to reach me on something super fast. Usually like if we're meeting up or, you know, and they just want to like quickly see where I'm at or when I'll be there or whatever. That's totally fine with me because sometimes texting can be like a lot more trouble than it's worth. If you're trying to Mm. do something that's like, you know, eminently important at that minute. But generally, I like having like a heads up about a call just to kind of prepare myself mentally, because I also hate like, maybe I pick up a phone call, and I think it's going to be just like a quick couple of minute thing. And then like, I'm kind of in the middle of a task in the middle of like a mental groove. And then the phone call will kind of drag for a bit. And I'll be like, shit, I'm losing that time. Right. Because I have to work within the times that my brain is capable of working, which is not very often. So I get kind of frustrated sometimes when things like eat into those few hours of like good brain time. So I don't like unscheduled calls very much unless they're like super, super quick. But I love like scheduled voice chats with friends. Like that's not at all an anxiety trigger for me. It's like one of the things that really grounds me because I've just been living away from people I love since I was 17. You know, I moved from California to New York, 3000 miles. So I'm pretty used to needing to see people, you know, virtually. And my friends live all around the planet. So, you know, I am very used to jumping on a call with someone, but like planning it, you know? So, um, but most of the time, my friends don't randomly call me. But every now and then you have that one person who just just likes to call, you know, you just have that person. Usually they're just like a little bit older than you. Like, cause I feel like this is something that people in their thirties don't do, but like people in their forties tend to do this more often. I don't know why it's just like a generational thing where like it was more, maybe just cause of landlines and having landlines for longer. It's like more of a thing where you just kind of call someone and maybe they pick up, maybe they don't. But I think now because of cell phones and how ubiquitous they are, like everyone just like, when you don't pick up the phone, you feel like you're ignoring them. And maybe sometimes you are, but like, you feel like you don't even have an excuse to not pick up the phone because like, who isn't by their phone all the time? You know what I mean? I I was just going to say that it's, I think it's a balance for me. Like, I don't love the random phone call either, but I do find that, um, you know, for example, I have a, a good friend who lives in Victoria right now and like, he's big on the phone call. And I do find that like, if I speak to him for half an hour, there's just a different way we're filling up the tank, you know, of that relationship than if we were texting back and forth. And the other thing for me too, is that, uh, and I'm sure it's the exact same for you and, and probably the same for a lot of people on here. So I spend so much time on my phone messaging back and forth for mm-hmm. like business stuff too, that it can be difficult to separate sometimes. And that's not to say I don't take business calls as well, but there is something nice about like, kind of being like, we're going to, especially if it's scheduled, like I agree with you, like someone being like, Hey, you want to chat for a couple minutes tonight or whatever, then I can do my two at once thing, you know, where I go, I plan a walk and I'll go for a walk and talk to somebody, which I really like, but I do feel like it fills up the tank in a different way. And, and I do also think that, and this is, this just might be me. I I don't know whether this is specific to me, but I find that when I'm texting and like messaging back and forth incessantly or whatever, I'm still very much in my own head. And it's like a back and forth, back and forth, but I'm still coming from this, like my own head and, and I'm not really like shaken out of that in any way. But I find with a phone call sometimes, especially, you know, I had a friend call me a couple of weeks ago who was, you know, having a bit of a difficult time. And I just literally sat and spoke to him for an hour and I did really appreciate, and this was an old <laughs> friend too. Like it wasn't an acquaintance calling, in which case I'd be like, please, please stop. Like it was a friend that, you know, 
Yeah, exactly. And it was like a friend I genuinely cared about and he was having a difficult time. And I will say like it, being on a phone call in that way, like really allowed me to step outside of my own self and my own narrative, something I talk a lot about on this podcast and just like genuinely empathize with him because uh, for example, like he was messaging me and I couldn't really sense, like I could sense maybe something was up, but when we got on the phone within three minutes, I could hear his voice cracking, you know? And I knew in that case, like, okay, I need to give my time and attention to him. And, and I guess there's some indicators mm -hmm. with voice that you can really take in and, and in that case, like for sure, I have all the time in the world. And that's not something that gives me anxiety as far as being on a phone call or whatever. You know, in fact, it's the phone call is kind of like a anxiety relief in the sense that having an occasional phone call with somebody allows me to tap into their intonation and, and understand where they're at a little bit better. And sometimes that can be great. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm not on like eight phone calls a week here, you know, which I guess yeah. used to be nothing, but like, I'm not... Um, I'm not on a hundred phone calls a week or whatever, but I do appreciate being on the phone with people here and there. And yeah, I don't know. I guess that that's, that's just kind of my feeling about it. But at, at the same time too, like random phone calls, like I guess we cannot possibly go through this podcast without talking about some of the like panic that you feel when a new number comes up on your phone and you don't recognize it. Because the first thing for me is like, oh my gosh, I've forgotten <laughs> yeah. about a call or whatever, right? And then you pick it up and it's like, please call now. Your money has been jeopardized <laughs> or like whatever. And you're like, what the hell is this? Or like someone being like, hello, you have won a vacation or something like the auto calls or whatever. So now I don't love getting those phone calls, but I do like scheduled calls. I have said probably eight things I had written down there <laughs> all in one go. So uh, you choose what you want to take from that. I will say one thing that's great about having a Bulgarian number is that I'm no longer aware of getting scam phone calls because I just say, oh, I don't speak Bulgarian. And then they either, you know, can hang up, continue speaking in Bulgarian or switch to English. And I've never had anyone switch to English and try to scam me. <laughs> so it's a nice way to uh, just, you know, not have to engage with a phone call. And it's like, well, if it's something critically important, they already know me and know that I don't speak the language. So they wouldn't be reaching out to me in a language I don't understand anyway. You know what I mean? Like they would already have interacted with me and know what language to speak to me in, you know? So it's kind of just like, that's almost like a natural mm -hmm. filter on my incoming calls. Um, so that's a positive, but yeah, I, I hated getting all the spam phone calls to the point where I just don't usually pick up a phone call if I don't recognize the number just because like I don't want to I don't want to deal with finding the right place in the conversation to hang up on them you know like, <laughs> like hmm, okay this is enough bye but yeah I really hate taking phone calls so I just generally don't um what about business like if you have a business call scheduled with, with somebody's going to call you at an allotted oof. hour are you like me where like you'll spend much of that day thinking about yeah. visualizing the call, which has its positives, but also has its negatives because it can sometimes dominate in the sense that like, I feel like you use a lot of emotional energy leading yeah. up to that call. Um, like it's like, it's at 3 PM and you're working all day at 3 PM, but you kind of know 
in the back of your mind like that's kind of the calls waiting yeah for you i don't like scheduling things kind of like in the middle of the day like phone calls you know mm-hmm. like and sort of that leading up to it thing i like to schedule calls for like a time where I reasonably will have woken up for a couple hours, you know, and then be ready to take the call. Like, cause if it's too early, then I stress about like sleep the night before. If it's too late, then it kind of ruins the whole day or like it kind of eats into the time that you would normally be relaxing. So I get a little Mm -hmm. bit anxious when I have calls scheduled at inconvenient times for me, which is anywhere between that is not between the hours of noon and 2 PM. So (laughs) (laughs) I only pretty much schedule calls at the end of the day, like four or 5 p.m. Because at that point, like I don't, I know I won't have the mental capacity to write anything or do anything. Yeah, creative. that's true. I feel good on calls when I'm like a bit brain dead. Yeah. So I always, I always schedule my calls for that, like for the brain dead period, because then it feels like I'm making use of the last kind of part of my working day. So that's something I've taken, like it's yeah. caused me less anxiety because I know because generally speaking, I know I'll have a full day of work in and have not a lot left in the tank. Like it's not going to be a situation where I take a call at 11 a.m. And I'm like, oh, like I, I feel like I'm wasting a lot of my mental gusto, which is like something I actually think about. <laughs> mental like, I think gusto? About, um, not like in actual in that, in that phrase. Like, I, can, I can hear, even though Brie didn't hear me say that, I can feel yeah, her rolling that, her eyes at the phrase. The word gusto, gusto is making me really crave pesto for some reason. Just, I just had to say that. <laughs> Okay, so Bree's cringing and you're I'm craving. Pesto, specifically. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. I think I'm hungry. Oh, God. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, cool. that's smart. I tend to do kind of the same thing. Where I'll either schedule it like at the beginning of my work day or at the end because I don't mind if it's like I haven't really started to get any work done. So like realistically, I tend to work like let's say 12 to six and it could go forward or backwards about two hours. I I'm incapable of sitting down for like an eight hour work day. It just doesn't happen. And so if it, if it's at the beginning or the end of my work day, it's okay. Cause I can kind of like not get super anxious, but when it's in the middle of my work day, like 4 PM, 3 PM, it's just like, Ooh, no, I'd rather not. But sometimes, you know, because I'm in an Eastern Europe time zone, which is not, the primary time zone for business. Um, it just, I tend to have to kind of go with like, you know, whoever I'm partnered with or whoever I need to make a work call with, I just kind of have to go by their schedule, which is fine. But yeah, I try not to agree to that many calls if I can help it, because a lot of the time I just find that, you know, it's a call that could be an email, you know, like I had to set aside like an hour for a call a couple of weeks ago. And I was like that you just shared a, presentation with me like this could have been an email with a presentation attached you know what I mean and it's just like I think a lot of things are like that and I just like because I have so much trouble sitting still and engaging for a long period of time I don't like it when I feel trapped in a conversation but also obliged Mm -hmm. socially to engage and on like you know show that I'm listening and whatnot and I start to feel resentful (laughs) for my anxiety if it's a situation that could have just been an email, you know? That is the central part of my anxiety around phone calls in the sense, or or a video call for that matter, is like, I think we all have to do our part to look at 
what our like what our message what what that needs to be conveyed with so there are some cases where like i'm working with somebody on a project and it's like okay so we need to sit down for half an hour on the phone we've been messaging back and forth and there's just like a few missing connections like we need to sit down for half an hour on the yeah. phone and get back on track and like in that case i'm like great but sometimes people go first to the phone call or the video call and often, I mean, I'm sure you're the same, but you get emails from people who are like, let's hop on a call. And it's just like, let's uh, figure out what yeah. we're actually oh, talking about like, first. You I know? hate the cold call or the cold pitch emails where they're like, do you have time to jump on a call? Yeah. And you're like, absolutely not. You haven't demonstrated in any way what I would stand <laughs> to gain from this call. It sounds just like a waste of my time. And when I was younger and greener in the travel blogging industry, I remember like setting aside like an hour for a call that basically ended up being like a, a sales pitch for their product, some like subscription flight thing. And I'm like, yeah. so, and then I, I went off on this guy. Like I, like I basically treat like what like, Oh, full like robot uprising on him. Like, I was like, <laughs> so I'm sorry. Did you just waste 45 minutes of my time to try to sell me something under the guise of this being a like paid collaboration project? Because you're trying to sell me a product right now. And you made me think that this is going to be a partnership opportunity. So now I never, ever get on a call unless they've already demonstrated the value. And I know that sounds like really douchey and entitled, but maybe it is. It's okay because your time matters. It doesn't. I've got a, I've got a metaphor, shockingly. What? Um, so, yeah, I know. It's, it's shocking. Does it have anything to do with cars? No, it doesn't this time. But I think I think it's going to be a decent metaphor. So to me, like we have the email and the text and all this kind of stuff. Those are, you know, you can use the contact form on my site or whatever, whatever, like to reach out to me. It seems like somebody has sort of rung the doorbell and they're kind of politely waiting to see mm -hmm. if I'll answer the door. And, you know, if I don't answer, they kind of, they, they, they walk away and it's fine. They might ring the bell one more time, one follow up, exactly. and then maybe, that's maybe it. Maybe they'll ring the bell one more time, but it's going to be a pretty polite encounter and like yeah. not a lot of aggression and hostility. The phone call right away sort of thing is like somebody ringing the doorbell, but they don't leave and they wait there for a while. Then they ring it like eight to 12 times. And then when you answer, they're like, hey. So I was wondering if you'd have me in for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. don't and you don't know them at all. Yeah. And then you you're like, have you in for lunch? And they're like, yeah. I mean, I'll feed you eventually, probably. And you're like, <laughs> what? And, and like when you at first you're like, well, they might feed me a lot. So like I'll have them in for lunch. And then eventually you're like, I want you to get off my property before I unleash my animal on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which in this case would be Kotu. And I would like try and fire him up and like, I don't know, throw cat treats on this individual and see, <laughs> see what Cover he can do. Cover him in catnip. Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, that's my, my metaphor. I, I think like. I like that metaphor a lot, actually. I think that is one of your best, I will say. Thank you. Great. Um, great, great. But Appreciate yeah, it. I think it's exactly. It's like someone being like putting their nose in your arm being like, I smell you cooking in there. Can you invite me in? And you're like, fuck off. This is my garlic. You know, like this is my, this is my nice smell. Like this is not, this is not for you. And it's just like, it's a specific instance, but it speaks to a larger issue of like respect and reciprocity. Right. And it's like, there needs to be reciprocal value. So like, I think everyone at times have had 
that person in their life or fuck, I've even been that person plenty of times where, you know, you, you take and you take and you take and you don't really give back emotionally, you know? And I think you can start to dread those phone calls from people. And I know that in my darker hours, I've been that person who will just like unload constantly. But it's important to also remember that the people on the other end are not robot phone trees. They are human beings with complex emotions. And you need to kind of give them a break and also let them unload on you as well. I'm not saying if you're struggling, don't reach out, but I'm saying like be mindful of sort of like your energy input and output. And if you find yourself always needing to reach out to individuals like a lot and you're not also seeing a therapist, you probably should also be seeing a therapist just to sort of spread the burden around in a way that's more emotionally, um, like what's the word? That has some longevity because you can't constantly sustainable. sustainable. Yeah. Emotionally sustainable for everyone involved. And like, I'm not saying this to cast blame because I've been on both sides of this and I'm not saying don't reach out, but I'm also, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, you know, find that, that sustainable balance of give and take. And it's important to, yeah, no, that's it. I was just trying to like, Make sure I'm not sounding like an asshole and making no, no, our no, listeners feel like crap. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I don't I don't think that's it at all. I was just going to say that I like if you look at kind of everything we discuss, I think it's more about the fact that like anxiety, generally speaking, tends to be a world of extremes, right? And yeah. our job is to try and take a deep breath and find balance. And so in that case, it's not inherently wrong to call somebody when you need them and just say like, this is everything that's inside of me and I need to get it out and just hear some reverberation and feedback from you. And it's not inherently right or wrong to sit there and talk to somebody for an hour and have them speak to you. But it's just the understanding that there has to be a bit of both of that, right? So like, if you're going to take half an hour of someone's time and say like, hey, even just saying like, hey, I just need your ear and your time for a second and I'd really appreciate it. It just means that, you know, make a note to yourself a couple of weeks down the line and just reach out to them and be like, hey, thanks again for listening to me. Like, how are you doing, by the way? I'm not sure that yes, I heard that. Exactly. And and making those notes. And like, do you know that I'm big on literally making those notes because people with ADHD are notoriously bad for relationship management because mm-hmm. they typically, instead of like, cultivating relationships and 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 uh sending out messages and checking in on people it it tends to be more of a situation where like it's more about rescuing like you haven't talked to someone for a year and then it's like a oh shit scenario and you reach out to them and you're like by the way i still care about you but you (laughs) haven't really shown that in any real way and so it's something i've been hyper cognizant of especially i mean actually living abroad was very helpful for that because i had to literally make a list of all the people i wanted to keep in touch with and and thankfully actually this sounds weird but actually my list got smaller because i realized who was reaching out to me back and forth um and there needs to be that reciprocation there and i and i realized who was i missing because i wasn't talking to and who wasn't i missing but it's it's something to think about i think like you could you know, you could tattoo balance on your wrist as someone with anxiety, right? Because it's something you need yeah. to always be thinking about. So I guess that's just my little diatribe on that. Yeah. Well, that just reminded me of a brand new anxiety that I have that I didn't even note down is I get anxious about 
friendships that I've sort of let falter. Yeah. Yeah, Let slip and people who are super valuable friends to me, but either through just like time and distance, or maybe we had a falling out that we resolved, but we never quite get got back in the groove of communicating regularly. I feel a lot of anxiety and guilt about those friendships that have sort of, you know, um, I really want to use a certain fire word. That's like when the fire starts to go down, you know, fizzled almost, but fire term. So insert that word here. Insert thesaurus. fire term. Yeah. Like, like the, or like the, yeah, like the, the last of think- the friendship. I mean, I guess last, yeah. last week we got pretty deep into the, um, the uh, the shame flame, shame flame. and then we yeah. talked about the shame embers. So we should probably oh maybe talk... maybe it's embers that I was thinking. Okay, of. okay. So in this case, it's yeah. like the relationship ember. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like you know you still care for that person; it's still there, but you don't really have the kindling to make the you know friendship sort of take light again. But you still feel sort of a sense of like anxiety, guilt, and missing the person. And I think. I think the best term for this is the Portuguese one, saudade, which I'm probably mispronouncing horribly. And if my husband listened to this podcast, he would laugh at me for it. Um, But, you know, it's a term that means like nostalgia, but also with a sense of like nostalgia for something that has changed and can never really be had again. And like in that same sensation, it's sort of one of those like really nuanced words that we can't perfectly translate. Um, And like, I feel that a lot. And sometimes with phone calls, I get really stuck in just that, that mindset of sort of a a longing for something that can't be, you know, and I wish I could pick up the phone and make those calls and like that we had that phone call relationship that we used to, but, you know, sometimes it's just like, things change, time changes, you know, and I think... I'm trying to learn with my anxiety, like to, to let go of guilt and, and shame and things that, you know, aren't really serving me in the present, but it's also hard sometimes to, you know, to not be anxious about those mistakes you've made along the way as well, you know? Sure. And that's, I mean, that's just something that you're not going to be able to necessarily cure, right? Like it's, it's kind of like, um, like grief in general, right? I mean, both lost people i'm sure right and it's it's Mm -hmm. not about like burying those emotions or pretending they're not there it's more just about like contending with those emotions and and strikes me that's kind of the same in some way with lost friendships right you 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 have some grief for like what was but at the same time too it can be difficult like it's kind of like a where do you start scenario right so like Mm -hmm. and and then in that case like no communication seems like it would do it right because sending a text out of the blue being like hey what's up like seems too casual but like being like hey do you want to hop on a call it sounds like you're going to be talking about your like that you just got a divorce or something yeah it's it's like oh god what does this person need then they don't have anyone else to unload on you know even if you truly do just want to like reconnect right be like oh god no i don't want this emotion baggage like out of the blue but then the other side of that coin of course is like the person on the other side of that line probably feels the exact same it's just that we know that if we're at least in this example like we're talking about people on this side of the line and perhaps listeners with anxiety right like have probably 
spent so much time thinking about it and created so many real stories about how the other person feels about them and prescribed so many emotions for the other person without their will or without their permission, you know, when realistically, like, you know, this is where it's kind of sad that we can't run into people, right? Like at, at this moment in time in particular, because it used to be that you run into someone and they'd be like, Hey, like, it's funny. I ran into you. I've been thinking about you uh, lately and um, I'm really happy to see you. And like these beautiful chance encounters are, are happening, but chance encounters don't really happen right now. They're, and I'm not sure it's an easy answer, but I, I guess the, it definitely helps knowing one way or another uh, how, how the person does feel and, and reaching out. Like I remember there was a friend, a close friend I had in high school and we just totally drifted apart. And I hadn't spoken to him for a number of years. And I remember I was walk. Bree and I were staying at a place in Andalusia in, in Spain. And we were had a place there for like five weeks. And we were just parking ourselves there. And there was a small mountain beside the house that I would run up every day. And uh, I remember I got to the top of this mountain one day. And I was just thinking about all these people that I like didn't, hadn't connected with. And I had like a little bit of data. And I just messaged him and was like, hey, just letting you know, like, um, I'm sorry we didn't keep in touch better. And I just want you to know, like, I don't know if I'll see you when I get back to Toronto. I don't even know when I'm coming back to Toronto, but I just want to let you know that I wish you well, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was simple. And like, he got back and was like, Hey, like, great to hear from you. Like, I wish you well as well. And like, there was a sense in which, like, if we're continuing to use that fire analogy that, that I was able to put that fire out, you know, a little bit. Um, yeah. But also understand that, like, if I really wanted to, I could probably throw some logs on it later, but at least it wasn't searing my heart, so to speak. Searing the flame, shame. The shame flame. flame. Yeah. I also think, I mean, because, um, again, like, you can't stop the metaphor train. Like, I always think about, like, friendships actually as as the opposite of of the flame and more like a a current, you know, in a stream. Like, sometimes it's running faster than others, you know, the, the current, and sometimes it's a little slower, but... And it might look like the same river, you know, but, but in fact, it's always new water, you know, and you're kind of always, yeah, I mean, I guess that's just, but this, this is just because I live in metaphor city, right? So yeah, you, you really do. I'm like, I'm probably the mayor of metaphor city, actually. I think you are. Yeah. I think you're definitely, you feel like you kind of like are deputy deputy mayor. And I'm like, you're kind of on the council now. Like, don't you feel like after like 20, after 20 episodes, like, I feel like you are. Like you're starting I'm on to, the board. you're on the board of, of metaphor. City. There's, <laughs> there's, there's no question. I'm like, you've recently got some like commendations from the mayor, uh, I guess, which would be me. And uh, I get a you're like, yeah, for sure. And you're like a real rising star in metaphor. City. But do I have to make phone calls? Um, not really because metaphor city only currently has a population of two. Unless you join us in our community. Uh, we're in Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is metaphor city. We're anxious about on Facebook. Yeah. Nice. I really, that was a sweet plug. Nice. And I guess, is this where I respond and be like, like the best part about metaphor city is that you can also give us five stars on, uh, <laughs> on iTunes. That didn't connect at all. That was no, just sheer. That was just sheer promotion, but perfect. Hyper narcissism. But I got, I think I got really caught up in like the power from the mayorship <laughs> yeah. that I assigned myself. Well, um, as we discussed one or two episodes ago, you are just preparing for people and purpose, your prime ministerial campaign. How do you put, I was like trying to apply the rule of presidential to prime minister, prime ministerial? Like, is there a. 
Is there an adjectival form of prime minister? Um, it's a good question. Like, I'm just more thinking about it as like. But I want like a clean, my, clean single. Accident. Yeah, no, it's more about like my like my drive towards the seat of power, and that, uh, and and I guess the role. I guess you would say prime ministerial. No, prime ministerial run sounds bizarre. So I'm going to say ministerial. Pardon me. Ministerial. Just drop the prime. Um, or maybe just like just focus on the prime, like my my prime time political run, uh-huh. which will be, of course, people on purpose. If people haven't heard that episode, I know that you and I both don't remember exactly what episode it was because we're not those people. But you'll have to listen back. And someone in the group we're anxious about um, might can maybe drop what what episode that was in, but uh, who knows, right? I mean, we're we're just chatting away. Yeah, I mean, everything runs together in every aspect of life forever now. Like life is just a river of days, theoretically. I liked that uh, meme that was going about the other day that was like 2020 doesn't have months only seasons or days only seasons, and I'm like. That's accurate. That's the only way I can conceptualize the passing of time. Yeah. And yeah, it's strange because I was looking at some things, which I saw a tweet and it was like, what's everyone thinking for quarter three and four of 2020? Like, how are you going to kill it? And I was like, really? Like, like really? Like maybe like, dare you? I was hoping, I was hoping someone would reply and be like, I'm just hoping to make it through. Yeah. Like, you know, like I'm not, and that's not to say I don't have aspirations for the rest of the year, but I also think this has not been the easiest year and we probably ought to just focus on uh, the good old day by day. That reminds me of when Stephanie and I went into the office for the first time after the pandemic started and we like wrote our goals for Q2 on the board and it was like, post the post we've already bought from writers and the next thing was write one post <laughs> and i don't even think we accomplished that because soviet press has gone a bit dormant lately but it was just funny write uh, one post as the quarter goal like yeah that's that's this year but yeah um it's been hard to set goals in this context because every month brings a new plague and new surprise so but less less phone calls though less phone calls but more zoom i'm so glad i don't have a corporate job that's like can we just hop on zoom real quick like i think we should just hop on zoom like if i was hearing that all the time i think i would go ballistic i think that's true if someone was like uh hey hey tags you want to hop on zoom i'd be like um I've, I've wanted nothing less in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so we have uh, kind of done what we always do, which is cross into long time territory, which is the least eloquent way I can say that they... We've yeah, been- can I just quickly interrupt? So just out of curiosity, I was looking to see if Zoom fatigue is a thing because I think I remembered reading about it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it is a thing that's been documented quite a bit. And because my keyword plugin is so interesting to me, because I actually find it really interesting, not just from like a, a business standpoint, but like a how much do people search for this thing? 10,000 mm-hmm. people a month search for Zoom fatigue. And if you look at the trend data, it goes from 2004 all the way to 2018. It's just like, or to 2020, it's just like, vroom, and now people are searching for it 30,000 times a month, actually. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, so people cool. really want to talk about Zoom fatigue and Google about it. So. I feel like that was a unique tidbit. Yeah. 
that we could offer there? Because I know, I, I think I know the keyword tool or the, uh, the engine you're using to yeah, search for that. everywhere. That's... The Chrome extension for all you other nerds who want to know how much people are looking shit up. It's a good. Yep. Book. It is. And free. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap up here, were there, was there anything else you wanted to touch upon? I think I got like a couple more things I could mention, but um, I feel like we got to the crux of the heart of it, but uh, did you have anything else you wanted to, to, to touch upon? Uh, sure. I had um, a couple articles I had read and just a couple quotes that stood out to me. So this sure. is from an article from The Cut. The uh, clinical psychologist quoted is Allison Papadakis, no relation, even though, you know, first names have yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure. I, I wasn't confused about that. <laughs> I was quite excited that her name was Allison. But anyway, so people who tend towards social anxiety tend to focus a lot on themselves and what they're doing and making sure they're not doing something that would embarrass them, which makes it harder to have a conversation. If I'm paying attention to me and not what you're asking me, it's harder for me to respond to you. And I read this quote and I was like relating hardcore because it's kind of like when you look super shitty on a video call and you're like, oh my God, do I look like this? And then you're like also trying to listen to the person. You're not actually listening very well. I get like that on a lot of phone calls where if I'm nervous about some aspect of the phone call, I end up zoning out because I get into that narrative that we've spoken about so many times. And I just like, it's like a a VHS tape that's like, you know, going along while you're trying to record on it. It just doesn't work. Um, and when we start talking about like a couple tips, I have a couple more quotes I can share tidbits okay. and uh, listenership. Um, please let us know if you're enjoying these like quotes and articles and whatnot that we're bringing into the podcast, if you're enjoying it, or if you'd rather us just, you know, not research things and just, play fast and loose and chit chat. Like if these quotes and whatever are just boring you, just let us know. Um, but I think we kind of yeah, add a nice, you know, a nice component, a different side to the story and a little bit of a professional touch to our rambling. So. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think it's like, it, it, again, to circle balance, right? Like I think it's fun to be able to go off on tangents about often ridiculous <laughs> things and then be able to counteract that a little bit with just like, hey, by the way, like we're absurd, but uh, we're not like we have some semblance of intelligence as well. And hopefully, I guess the, the purpose of the podcast in general is for sure to bring some smiles and laughs. But like, I, I think both of us are still keen at the end of the day for people to walk away and be like, I feel better about my situation. I feel better about myself. I feel better at, able to handle things that are going on with my anxiety. Like, that's a definite goal. So I think that the research and the articles help out, but for sure, people can let us know. Um, I The feedback I've gotten, people have kind of like DM'd me and stuff like that about the um, research as being pretty helpful. Cool. Um, and the other thing too is that really there is, there's really no two episodes that are the same. Like yeah. sometimes, and it, it's because we come at it from a different place. Like sometimes we come in and we're both like, you know, not in the best headspace and and the tone's going to be a little bit more dialed down or whatever. And sometimes you come in as Mrs. Wiggles and you're just like, <laughs> you know, fire, like just like, you know, we're, we're at a different tier. And, and that's, it seems like to me, that's the most logical thing about like considering we have two people on the podcast who both 
you know, have some anxiety going on, what have you, like, it makes sense that that would be the case. So my feeling is like, however anybody feels about one episode, unlikely they feel the same about the next episode, because it's probably going to be totally different. And uh, Lord knows we'll have different metaphors too, right? Consistency is not our strong suit. (laughs) No, but that's a good thing in podcasting, right? Because like, they're you not know like that a business with, podcast who like I need to give you the same message, so you purchase my course. Yeah, and it would be like quite frankly, just as the creators of the podcast too, like boring. it would be really boring to talk about the same things in the same way. Yeah. I will be honest, when we started the podcast, I was thinking like I was like, how many different ways can we talk about these things? But turns out like almost twenty episodes into it now, like I'm actually more confident that we could talk for two hundred episodes oh, yeah. about so many different things. Um largely because anxiety in general and mental health at large, it's a broad topic and there's a lot to talk about. And thankfully, there's just like no shortage of guests and uh, things that we're both anxious about. So that it works out well that way. Finally, the long list of things we're anxious about is paying off. Exactly. Um, Do you have anything else you want to chat about or do you want to move quickly into advice corner? I mostly just wanted to mention that Brie was laughing when I was prepping a bit for the podcast that like, she actually gets anxious when I make phone calls sometimes because when I'm on a phone call, I tend to pace around and get overexcited <laughs> and I walk around, I walk around with headphones and like kind of like shout. So like now we kind of have like a one room policy where like I can pace around one room and like, but like I can't walk throughout the apartment and, uh, and just kind of like be like hurricane Chris. <laughs> um, so anyways, I thought that was just kind of yeah. like a fun tidbit for if anyone did anyone who knows me personally, would be like, yep, check makes total sense. Yeah. But if you didn't know me personally, yeah. I think that would give some inclination uh, of to, to who I am. Like, I, re- I don't do a lot without over like emphatic excitement. So like even my phone calls, I walk around and kind of yell a little bit. Uh, that's I'm the just, same. That, I'm yeah. Okay. I'm a chronic yeller because I have shitty hearing, and so like I'm always just speaking at a way higher volume than is necessary. It drives my husband absolutely nuts. Um, yeah. But I also wanted to tell you that I learned a new word today while doing okay. the research of reading two articles, which like I deserve a medal for that because that's a lot. Um, yeah, but I learned a new word today, which is half a log, which is when you hear half of a telephone conversation. Half a log. Yeah, like dialogue, but half a log. I'm searching it up. Okay, the only part of the dialogue that you hear when when some cell phone is yapping next to you. Okay. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Half I got a log. you. I don't like half a logs. They're very annoying, and I hate talking on the phone in public and being that half a log and knowing that people hate you. Right. Yeah. So the half a log thing for if anyone's like looking for like for the direct situation that I just looked it up. It's like, yeah, it's like when you're when you're only hearing half the conversation because someone's yelling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're, you're at a coffee shop and someone's going bananas on the phone and you're trying to focus and you are hearing the half a log. So just half the conversation, which they're yelling about. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So, so our partners are hearing the, hearing the whole thing because if you hear the whole thing, you can kind of tune it out. But your brain, when you only hear half of it, you start sort of filling in the things, and it gets you mentally engaged in a way that's really hard to ignore. Interesting. Yeah, I, I also am like I kind of probably not going to surprise anyone either, but like I'm kind of a proponent of the long-winded goodbye. Um, I really, like, I think I have anything to do with why our episodes are on average an hour and a half long. <laughs> No, I, I wouldn't say there's any correlation there, actually. 
it doesn't strike me that there's a very direct correlation at all. Zero correlation. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I, I, the thing is, I, I think I'm wrapping it up. Like I think I'm wrapping up the phone call, but then there's like something else I want to touch upon. And if someone uh, on the other line also has a tendency for long-winded goodbyes, <clears throat> you, <clears throat> um, then like, I think that could be problematic. And that's how we end up with the, the uh, one and a half hour episodes or or we have a guest on who also is a you know a uh, is on the wanted poster for long-winded goodbyes <laughs> i.e ryan and then you end up with a two-hour yeah. episode yeah it's like the opposite of an irish exit where you just like abruptly leave it's the canadian exit where you just <laughs> you don't leave at all and there's just another event because you're just like well i guess i i guess i we started just talking away and I'm, i guess we just won't leave i guess we'll just chill yeah, let's go get brunch. I think we'll just probably, like, I'm not sure if I complimented them enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so oh, while we're trying to wrap this up, um, let's quickly um, give a few suggestions from either our own experience or from our reading, and then we can head into our patting ourselves on the back section at the end. But a couple things that I read about, one is pretty much the only way you can confront your anxiety about phone calls is through exposure, which sucks. And it's really inconvenient that they haven't just like invented a pill for that. Well, I guess they have. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> is this and that's why you should get <laughs> big pharma. Um, but yeah, so um one, we, just so Big Pharma knows, we can be bought and sold. Yeah. So just send us a check and we'll... No, I'm just kidding. Samples, I'm just kidding. Samples? Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, one technique is called cognitive restructuring, which is consciously altering the way that you think about a topic, in this case, a phone call. So if you're worried that you're like bothering someone and taking up too much of their time, you might think things like, well, why would they answer the phone if they weren't able to talk in the first place? Or if you're worried about stumbling over your words, try to put the mistake in context ahead of time. You're not the only verbal slip up they're going to hear that day. And that's a quote from Alexander Queen, not to be confused with Alexander McQueen speaking from the dead, rest in peace. Another technique is setting concrete goals that work up to um, increasing your tolerance for talking on the phone. So if you want to set yourself on fire when it comes to making a call that involves a big phone tree, maybe just call a local business to see what time they open or something like that. Kind of working your way. Bringing the fire back here. We're, yeah. we've, been, we've been on fire the last two episodes. But, um, <laughs> Thank you. So, um, ma and making it a concrete goal, such as setting like a time limit or a number of calls you need to make in X amount of time rather than something objective, like call someone and don't make a fool of yourself, which is impossible to objectively measure. So in education, we call those smart goals, which I hate. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know. Yeah, I think I feel like, what is it? Specific, measurable, attainable. I, I can't remember what they all are. Reasonable but and time bound is T. I don't know what R is. No, me either. Well, that's all right. I guess we aren't as smart as we thought. No, we don't even know our smart goals. No, my smart um, goal I guess is to be alive at the end of 2020. 
That seems like a very smart goal indeed. <laughs> that's time bound for sure. So, <laughs> oh great. Um, I guess I'll hop in here with some some thoughts, and uh, we'll we'll uh, wrap a bow on this. Unless you weren't done, were you done? I was done. If you could okay, help cool. a long pause. <laughs> no, I uh, couldn't. Without seeing your face, I just couldn't tell. I need to be on the phone call and just uh, wait it out. <laughs> Um, so I guess for me, just thinking about the fact that I know that with a phone call, especially if it's like a, you know, a quote unquote important phone call, I can really build it up into something huge, but just remembering like almost all other events that we build up that big, it's really not going to be as big as you think it's going to be. It's not going to be probably not life changing. And just, just realizing that it's like, especially if it hasn't happened yet, like do yourself a favor and like, don't already think about the 241 ways it's going to go wrong like just do your best to prepare for the call and take a deep breath and take the call and uh, and that way if it goes wrong at least you've only thought about how it went wrong once but more than more than likely it's just going to go fine and and even if you do think it quote unquote went wrong it's probably because you are stressing about the minutia of the call uh, something which wasn't actually wrong or someone else you know didn't even take note of and I'm not sure if you've ever been in that position where like you have a good friend and you're like, Hey, sorry about this, by the way. And they're like, I didn't even notice that, like whatever you're talking about, you know? And, um, and I think that's the same with the phone calls and, and and like, we, we just carry those things with us. Right. Like, I don't know if you saw the meme that I posted in the, we're anxious about two days ago where it's that picture of the guy, like giving himself like the, the hand guns in the mirror. And it's like, when you promise yourself, you won't be anxious today, but then decide to think about that awkward (laughs) thing you said four and a half years ago. And it's him in the mirror, like, why are you like this? And <laughs> I think that's, that's what we do. Like, that's what we do well, right? Yeah. Is take those little pieces of uh, information and, and blow them up to something larger. You so- know what term I'd like to, to coin? The shame scrapbook. It's like when you just yeah. decide, you're like, oh, you know what? I don't feel bad about myself right now. What if I think <laughs> about this her. fun time when I really fucking hated myself? Let's go there. <laughs> what if I leave that? I'm just going to leaf through it and just see how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. The shame scrapbook. And, and I guess the, the thing is with, with the phone calls, right? Like it's this thing where we think to ourselves like, oh, I'm really going to be like, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I didn't know that. What are the, and like, you almost get like, it, for me, like instantly your face gets all like hot and rosy or whatever. Thankfully, I'm like pretty decent on the phone, I think for the most part. But there are still certain things that you, like you take one sentence, which doesn't matter at all. And you think like, oh, should I have said that? Shouldn't I have said that? Whatever. And like, I almost want to get a poster in my office that just says it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know, because like, that's really the way, it, you know, what it is. And um and so I just would ask people to be kind to themselves and realize that in all likelihood, what you are stressing about, the other person probably isn't. And at least it's not a recorded phone call, which is like essentially what our podcast is. So like we get to, we get to like edit and like re-listen to our mistakes. <laughs> like you don't have to do it with the phone call. So, um, and yet somehow like I don't get stressed or anxious about it, like this format. And actually I really don't get that anxious about phone calls in general it's just the time wasting element <laughs> that, that if I'm like, don't feel like it's a phone call that was necessary. Yeah. I but, do get anxious uh, sometimes though. When I've been a guest on other people's podcasts, there are times where I finish the recording and been like, Oh no, why did I go on that tangent? That was not relevant or 
good. Like at least the tangents we go on here, I think at least are funny, but sometimes I just go on tangents that are just embarrassing for all involved. And it's just like that full body cringe. So but it's, at least it's probably not embarrassing for all involved. It's probably just embarrassing for you. Yeah. You know, like I don't think anyone else would like actually think that because I feel the same way. I'll go on a podcast. And the funny thing is, I will legitimately have no idea how it went. Like I'm not able at all to ascertain if it was good or bad. And then I just wait for it to be released and just wait for someone I trust to be like, wow, that was amazing. And then I'm like, okay, now I can breathe a sigh of relief. But I really don't know. Like I really don't have that ability to, yeah, to, to understand if it went well or not. I don't know if that's anxiety related or not, but like I, I feel you on that. Yeah. And I will and I will find something where I'm like, oh, I could have said this or I could have said that. But again, you have to remember like no one else knows what you were thinking of saying. Yeah, true. So, yeah. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, um, let's wrap things up. Chris, do you want to talk about something that you want to pat yourself on the back for this last week? Sure. Um, so I will I will pat myself on the back for, I don't know if, I think I've mentioned on the show before, but I have um, a newsletter called This Week in Blogging where we try and source the news for the week and give people um, run giveaways and try and support the blogging community in like a legitimate way, not like a creepy let's pray on bloggers way. And uh, like totally just took off this week. We grew like our subscriber base, like just grew like a couple hundred percent. And um, and the reason that I'm mentioning that and the reason it's not just, a, I mean, I guess it's a bit of a humble brag, but like the reason that it's not like a pure humble brag is because I think this is this classic situation where like, I didn't know how to feel about it until all of a sudden, all at once, it was like, oh, this thing that I've been working on is doing well. And like, now I guess I can feel good about yeah, it. Yeah, but like external validation is necessary. Exactly. Sometimes. And like, it's it's something I'm trying to get over. However, at the same time too, like I went to bat every week for like three or four months with just like this really slow progress. And then like all of a sudden, all at once it happened. But I want to at least pat myself on the back for like, I didn't get too down or up. And like, even with this week, I'm not too down or up. Like I'm finding that I'm getting way better at staying level-headed. So like, I'm not letting, I feel like I'm finally getting to a place where I'm focused more on process than um, product, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I feel like I was doing the right things and that's all I can do. I feel the same way about this podcast. Like I'm really, I don't know about you. Like I don't really check our stats really. Like I know we're doing well enough, and I know that we're getting a good response and I know we're getting good reviews, but like, I'm just focused on coming to bat every week and offering value. And like, I feel like that is enough at this point is like looking at projects as like, I'm just going to do my best, provide the value that I know I can provide and, and not shame myself based on external validation. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, this year with COVID has been a huge reminder to not validate myself or set goals purely based on numbers, because a lot of the time things like that are out of your control. Right. Even if I wanted to, there's no way that I could bring my traffic back to, you know, pre-COVID levels by the end of the year. It's just there, there isn't the volume of people who want that information anymore. And so I think sometimes numbers can be they can sometimes be motivating, but they can sometimes also be like our own worst enemy by setting up goals that are impossible, but not in the way that's like an impossible goal that makes you like rise to your best, but like actually an impossible goal that you never think you never actually truly plan to do. It's just almost more of a, another shame mechanism. Yeah. So I've been trying to focus my goals 
more around things that I can control. Like I'm going to publish 30 posts this month, or I'm going to record this many episodes of the podcast, things that I process oriented. Yes, exactly. Rather than result oriented. And I think that that is something that I found to have quite a bit of value this year, because before I would sort of put these like external metrics for my success, and then either like, berate myself for not reaching them or have like a very half-hearted moment of celebration before like raising the bar higher and setting a new goal to then you know strive towards but also berate myself for if I didn't reach you know so um and 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 I also just wanted to say because this is something that like I get fired up about obviously but like the 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 other thing that I wanted to mention specifically as it relates to anxiety and specifically as it relates to you and I as like self-employed people who have anxiety, but also have goals like outcome based goals are really dangerous for people with anxiety, because and it's not to say that, like, like, you know, for example, you can't just focus on process goals and not look at what the outcome is. But, you know, if 2020 is an example of anything, it's that like, outcome based goals, you know, for one, like, you don't always know what this other situation is going to be. But also, we have a way of focusing on always looking for the negative, like the almost like the opposite of the silver lining. So like, you can with at least this is true for me like with someone with anxiety like everything can be going well but if i have a specific outcome based whatever and, and it doesn't happen then i can almost singularly focus on that and be like oh i'm a failure and i think like at least with process oriented goals you can look at a number of things you're less likely to hang your hat on the achievement of that goal right and and um so it's just something that I think about as well. Like it's not to say that you shouldn't be focused on outcomes because you need to do that as a business owner. You need to do that as somebody who's self-employed, but it's not what the only thing you should be focused on. Like think about this podcast, for example, I think we're like, I don't know what we're at, but like, I think we're, we're, we're steadily going towards 10,000 downloads, which feels like something cool, a good accomplishment or whatever. But the real thing is that it seems like we have dozens of people who tune in every week, like, religiously, maybe more, I don't know, and literally care about what we're saying. And those are the people that I care about. I care enough about those people beyond whatever the statistic is. You know what I mean? So it's like, I forget about the outcome. I know I'm going to go to bat and create good content every week, because I know there are at least some people who care every single week. And like, that's enough for me to want to put as much effort as I need to into this. And my feeling is the results will come. And I don't know if that result's going to be like, we end up um, writing a uh, joint memoir tell-all novel about anxiety, or uh, which would be bizarre. Um, <laughs> or I don't know where it goes, but like I do know that each week I'm excited about recording, and like I guess it's like this idea of circling. Like that's enough for me. Yeah. Like that is enough for me. Um, something I was atrocious at in my life before was figuring out and hanging my hat on that sentence. You know, that's enough for me. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. Let's see. I should do mine. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't even know if I, I might have just totally taken that and ran with it. <laughs> no um, like, well, we praised me now, so we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I, got my, I snuck my humble brag in there. So uh, I've, got all my, I've got my checklist on the wall. It's like metaphor, check. Humble brag, check. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so um, talk about yourself for a second. Yeah, I guess. One thing that's always been a bit of a struggle for me has been 
accepting the limitations of my own body and brain and just sort of working within what's possible and not just trying to change and constantly be productive. And it's been kind of a rough ride. I've been really hard on myself sometimes in my periods of low productivity, but I feel like I've sort of kind of gotten the flow of it now and I've kind of been able to recognize, okay, you're in a valley. You tend to stay in a valley for maybe a week at a time and then you have a couple up days and then maybe you'll go back into the valley or maybe you'll stay up. But I know kind of like what the frequency of my, you know, energy graph kind of looks like. Like I'll go mm. I'll go low and then I'll go high and go low and I just know to anticipate the highs that are coming and not beat myself up while I'm in the low and just to take that as like a time for rest and to do like small things that are within my wheelhouse during that time. So like, while maybe I can't write an article myself, I can assign tasks to my team, or I can work on, you know, some things that are more low mental capacity tasks, and just be happy with that. And then when I have those going up the mountain, like feeling good, got the coffee wiggles, then I can really hammer in that productivity and be super happy with myself. And it all creates balance eventually. And I think we really actually pulled it totally full circle there with that. So we yeah. probably wrap this up before we go off the rails again. We ruin it? Yeah. yeah. So I liked that. Before that we very, had- like, it was almost like a figure eight instead of a full circle. I pulled in something from the middle and the beginning into the end. It was yeah it was masterful humble brag for me of the episode i'm impressed (laughs) um so allison let's finish off by just i just want to praise you for the figure eight that you did there on the topic that was great as you said before we unravel and before i seep into a long-winded goodbye which i am terrible at i will back away and just say to all you listeners goodbye goodbye